FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 370 of the podcast that goes snicked, snicked. I'm your host, Jason, six claws, a flaming skull, and a machine gun, minimal. (laughs) Okay, maybe not my best work, but it's time for a flashback episode with the uh, trade paperback. I, I guess it's long enough to classify as a... OGN original graphic novel, the, the Hearts of Darkness, when Ghost Rider, Wolverine, and Punisher from 1991. Um, yeah, man, look at this thing. <laughs> anyway, so I know, getting a little bit out of order, if you've been listening to the most recent episodes, you know that the alleged next flashback, flashback, was supposed to be Infinity Gauntlet. And that was the plan. And I think you're going to really love that episode because uh, it's coming together really well. But uh, some scheduling, just arranging, <laughs> for lack of a better word, uh, to get that thrown together and then also to get the newest uh, Dawn of X episode together with the Excaliburs, uh to work all that out in the scheme of things left me with an opening this week. And I wanted to do something and I had just taken a break. For the holidays, and I don't want to take another break. I mean, who wants to do that? I podcast because I love it, and I don't want to take that much time away from the the microphone. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, my own hubris. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I I don't think that's it. Um, <laughs> but maybe you do. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I'm gonna go just slightly out of order. This was originally going to be the flashback episode after Infinity Gauntlet. But you know what? There's no real reason that they have to go in that order. I was just kind of following the uh, complete Marvel reading order. Order. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I said that that way. Because, um, you know, I, it's an easy way to kind of keep things in somewhat story order. And since I, you know, elected a while ago in, in the flashbacks to not do, like, Everything published in June 1990, even though it may not make sense to read them that way. You know, so I'm kind of following the reading order for the most part. And I, you know, move stuff around where I need to to group stuff together. For example, uh, the last flashback episode, kind of the 1991 Jam episode. Um, Some of that stuff was earlier and later, but it was kind of all odds and ends, so I squashed them together. You know, at the end of the day, back to that old hubris thing. This is my podcast. I do what I want. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, man. Um, yeah, Hearts of Darkness. Starring Ghost Rider, Wolverine, and Punisher. Um, a little bit of background. I remember when this came out. And I remember reading it. And at the time, I did not like it. When I was a kid, it did not appeal to me. Part of it was I really wasn't. I thought, alright, so when I first read this, this was my first exposure to 90's Ghost Rider. I've been reading The Punisher, of course, for a long time at this point. Um, Though I had not, to my recollection, had not ever seen John Romita Jr. draw him. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, And I, you know, I was starting to get fairly, fairly well into Wolverine by this point as well. But also, a new thing to me was this Blackheart character who's going to be the central villain of the piece. And I tell you what, man, I when I read this, there was nothing about him that appealed to me at all. You know, hearing he was kind of a whiny devil character that didn't really seem to have much going for him in this story. And, you know, I don't know. We'll kind of get to whether that feeling has changed or not. But I will say what has changed is since that time as an adult in fact pretty recently at least in the last year or so as i've been doing my flashback read-along um 
reading late 80s Daredevil, which also, by the way, features John Romita Jr. on art, um, and Anna Sinti writing the books of her career, I think, uh, on, the, on her Daredevil run in the late 80s is, I think, by far the best stuff I've ever read from her. Um, anyway, that is where Blackheart is introduced. And I actually really dug his introduction story. Um, had a lot of kind of pathos to it. The character had really like solid motivations. Um, Romina was doing some trippy art as far as with Blackheart and Mephisto. Um, and kind of the, in the underworld, Mephisto's lair was doing some really cool stuff. Of course, uh, you know, the Silver Surfer came along. Um, you know, it's kind of a weird story for Daredevil, but it really worked. And um just really, really enjoyed it. So I've been kind of anxiously awaiting to get back to this story to see, okay, well, now that I actually can say after Blackheart's original story, I kind of like the character, will that flavor this differently? reading this this time around, which, by the way, this is the first time I've picked this up since 1991. I actually had to get a new copy because um, this not a Marvel Unlimited, and I didn't, I got rid of my original copy from 91. Um, probably not long after I bought it, I probably traded it first chance I got for, I don't know, a, a, a single Punisher back issue or something. <laughs> or maybe a, a single Wolverine back issue, but I, I, I did not have it, so I, I went and was able to find a pretty decent copy for a pretty decent price. Actually, looking now at the back, I got a copy that is a really nice shape for a less than cover price. In, in 1991 cover price. You know, not considering the fact that it's probably like 10 bucks cover price today. Uh, at the time, it was 4.95, And I think, by the time I bought this on eBay and paid for shipping... I paid almost exactly four ninety five. <laughs> so, hey, there you go. Even even with inflation, came out pretty good. So, anyway, that's kind of my background on this. Uh, probably more time than I needed to spend on that, but I, I thought it was interesting. So yeah, our three heroes and anti-heroes. Punisher, Ghost Rider, Wolverine. Uh, big fan of two out of three at the time when this came out. Um... Now, I've also, in my flashback read-along, have read all, actually, of 90s Ghost Rider's appearances up to this point, except for the Infinity Gauntlet tie-ins, because I'm going to be reading those for my homework, uh, which actually kind of just started uh, yesterday from recording this podcast. Um, And he is in some tie-ins. He's in the uh, Cloak and Dagger issues and some of the Quasar issues, which... We probably won't necessarily cover when we talk about that on the show, but I'm going to read everything. Just go behind the scenes. I'm, I got the whole reading list. I'm going to read all of it, <laughs> whether we talk about it all when we record or not is a different story. But I'm still going to still going to soak it up like a sponge because I've never read that story at all. Um, the only part I've read previous to very recently. Um, was Silver Surfer 50, which I bought off the rack because I thought, hey, one day I'm going to sell this foil-embossed Silver Surfer cover for like $100 because that's, you know, what the what we in the collector's bubble thought at the time. Um, and then I also read the uh, solo adjective with Spider-Man uh, epilogue. Uh, I think it's Spider-Man 15, if I remember right. Um, I could be wrong on that. Right, it's, it's right around 15. Um, it's after the Eric... Actually, I think it's probably 16 or 17. 17 it's got to be 17. Because 15 is the Eric Larson issue with the Beast. I remember that now. I can see the cover in my head. And then 16 is the X-Force crossover. So 17. Uh, I don't know if Rick Leonardi... I don't remember if he did the interiors. But he definitely did the cover. And it's that cover of Thanos with a gauntlet. And Spider-Man is like inside the hand. He's kind of like collapsed and his clothes are all ripped up. Um, remember that very vaguely. I remember reading and thinking, oh, this is an interesting story with this Thanos guy and really not having any idea of the context. So, <laughs> I don't really remember why I got on this tangent. <laughs> Sorry. Um, why was I talking about that? Um, 
I was talking about Infinity Gauntlet and reading... Oh, anyway, yeah. So that, those are the only two I'd ever read before. Now, obviously up to now, I've read all of Starlin's Silver Surfer, um, which has been a complete treat. Uh, him, Starlin and Ron Lim on 90s Silver Surfer is the shit. It is so good and so much fun. Um, so I'm, I'm actually really excited about Infinity Gauntlet. Obviously, I'm excited for the episode. You don't know why when we get there, because there's a lot of exciting stuff and exciting people uh, to be on that episode. But also, just really excited to, to finally read that big epic story that, you know, just was not in 13-year-old Jason's wheelhouse. Uh, there were, weren't enough guns and street-level stuff for me to really um, get into it. I, I thought... Yeah, and I've talked about this on the show before. You know, some of that stuff, the cosmic stuff, was I wasn't the right kind of nerd for it at the time, which is weird because I love Star Wars. But Star Wars is different. It's not really. I mean, it's space opera, but it's not really like fantasy. I don't. Well, I don't know. Maybe to some people, it is. It was a different kind of thing. But anyway, since then. As an adult, I've really gotten into the more comic booky aspects of comics, which I think is appropriate, right? Um, you know, so anyway, I've just been really enjoying it. And this, but this, this book, Hearts of Darkness, is way more in line. It's interesting because reading it now, I'm like, oh, why? Why didn't I like this as a kid? It seems like it'd be right up my alley, but then I, I really think it was just, I. The supernatural aspect didn't feel... I had a certain affinity for supernatural stuff. Not as much as I probably do now. But the supernatural stuff I was into, like, at 13, would have been, like... More monstery, I guess. Like, vampires and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's interesting, because I didn't really like 90s Ghost Rider at the time. But I, you wouldn't be able to tell from my sketchbook because I loved, I drew the full out of old uh, 90s Ghost Rider. I think just because, you know, who doesn't want to draw flaming skeletons all day long? Uh, could not draw motorcycles. So most of them were just him standing around with a chain in his hand. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I drew, I drew him a lot. I drew him a lot, Punisher a lot, Wolverine a lot, Spider-Man a lot. Um, and I wish I still had all that. I think some of that my mom threw out at one point, and then some of that actually a very sore sticking point with me. <laughs> so, I had a really good, uh, so it's been a long time after, oh man, I don't know if I want to get my whole life story here, but, um, alright, so after college, I took a uh, data entry job um, at, a, at a warehouse that sold boat parts, and it was a distribution center, and I did all that I like, quality control and reporting and data analytics and stuff like that and and that sounds fancy a lot of it was really just data entry like taking stuff off of paper reports and putting it into the system and then you know once a quarter or so I would actually like do brain work with that <laughs> versus just you know mindless work anyway um after 9-11 with all the economic downturn uh they deemed that position not necessary and I was laid off and took a uh, quick I need a job now at JCPenney that lasted like six years <laughs> but anyway, um, and no no disrespect to retail I mean, a lot of people have a lot of fun working in retail make a really good living it was actually you know I actually enjoyed the people a lot um, I kind of miss some of the people sometimes and and the part of it that I was doing um, you know started out did a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff at the store, so I was on my feet a lot, and I kind of missed that, too. But, but you know, it's okay, because I really love my job now, and it's a lot more fitting to me. Um, anyway, so, the point of all that. So, part of the time when I worked at JCPenney, I had a really good friend named Ray. That, um, we uh, got to be really good friends, um, worked similar hours, worked a similar job for part of the time. Um, but then also, <laughs> we, uh, we had a weekly habit of, um, I don't know if you, 
how many of you listeners have these around you or if they even still do this part of it. But at the time, uh, there was a pub, Fox and Hound, which had $2 pints every Tuesday. And so uh, almost every Tuesday, me and Ray went and we played pool or threw darts and we just kind of hung out and drank $2 pints, probably more than we should have sometimes. Um, Anyway, Ray was also, and I think Ray listens to this every now and then, so I may have to send him a little message if he wants to listen to this one and reminisce with me. But um, Ray also was a kick-ass artist. Um, really, really good. I mean, just phenomenal. Uh, kind of had an anime slightly style to him. He actually did some like prelim video game design at one point in time, if I understand right. I don't know if it, I don't think it ever really the project necessarily went anywhere, but and not because of him, because his stuff looked awesome. Um, anyway, at one point he had found out that I used to dabble in drawing. And he wanted to see my stuff. And so I had a bunch of it like in a binder and a notebook. Um, and like just folders kind of stuffed into this binder. And most of my comic book stuff was in there. And I'd actually, at one point, I actually started drawing a comic. Um, I drew a bunch like as a teenager. But actually like as a young adult, like 18 or 19 I really like tried a hand and like, hey, I wonder if I could do this. And I won't lie, it was a rip-off X-Men set in like Mad Max world. I think um, I had a guy who was a Professor X type character, but he wore like Jedi robes. And then I had a guy who was basically Wolverine, but I called him Badger. Um... He was my favorite one to draw, oddly enough, or maybe not oddly enough. And, you know, some of it I felt like I got pretty good at. I actually um, got some of those little figures and, like, used them to, like, do poses and really try, like, really gave it, like, a serious go. Not that I thought I was going to get into the business or anything. I just kind of wanted to do it for myself. And so, anyway, I was really proud and excited to show him that and just kind of get some, like, honest criticism and see what he thought about it, whether I was any good at all, or whether I sucked, or what could I do better. Um, So I brought it all up to work one day, and I had, at that time, the position I was in, I I shared an office with my uh, supervisor at the time. Um, And so, after I showed everything to Ray, we had a good conversation and a good laugh. Um, I unfortunately also had some, like, really bad attempts at drawing like 90s image girls (laughs) you know and some of my stuff from it a teenager um and so we had a good laugh at that anyway i i put the binder on my shelf in my office and i take total responsibility for this part of it i should have taken it home and i definitely even if i put it there for like the day and maybe i forgot got distracted at some point i should have seen it and taken it back home so one day, we get a new um, like assistant store owner, assistant manager, whatever, um, Steve. And Steve was a nice guy, I guess, overall. He was kind of a hard ass, and the kids that we worked with didn't like him. I mean, I was a little older and responsible, so it didn't really bother me that much. But, like, you know, the 16-year-olds that we were working with at the store really kind of didn't care much. That he rubbed them the wrong oh, way. No, that's not... That's, Bad phrase, especially in today's America. Um, they just, you know, did not necessarily get along. But I thought he was fine for the most part. But one day, he decided upon himself to just, like, start cleaning stuff up in random places in the store. Like, not on the floor, but, like, all in the stock rooms and offices and stuff like that. And he cleared off a shelf in the office that I was using. Now, granted, I don't think he knew I was using it. And the boss that I was working for had left. I think he thought it was all theirs. But anyway, he like threw it all in a big like bin, rolled it back to the docking area, threw it all in the cardboard trash compactor, and compacted it before I could realize what he had done. Now, 
you can say, okay, he was just doing his job. He was just trying to tidy stuff up. One can also say, he can ask somebody, anybody, hey, any of this stuff belong to anybody? Anybody using it? You know, anybody want to claim it before I throw it in the trash? I don't know. I lost a lot of art. <laughs> and I was really bummed. And I kind of still have some sour grapes about that. So, apologies if that makes me sound like a, a bitter old man. But, you know, it just kind of kind of always bothered me that, that I was not given the opportunity. Or not... I mean, anybody, if he'd asked anybody, someone would have said, hey, that notebook says Jason on it. I bet we should stop and ask Jason if he wants, you know, anyway. Anyway. So, there were definitely characters in there that looked like Punisher, Ghost Rider, and Wolverine. <laughs> the long, roundabout way to get to that. Uh, we should probably actually get to the book. I feel like I've spent a lot of time not talking about this comic. And it, not because it's terrible or bad. Actually, well, anyway, we'll get to that in a second. Um, Hearts of Darkness, though, is written by Howard Mackey, who's been writing the current Ghost Rider series, I think, right? And then penciled by John Romita Jr., inked by Klaus Jansen, colors by John Wellington, letters by Joe Rosen, and then the cover is by Romita Jr., and this is a quadruple fold-out wraparound cover. So you have the regular cover, and that folds out into a double cover. But it wraps around to the back cover, which also folds out. So you have four, a cover times four. So a big, long, horizontal cover that has, if we fold it out, going from left to right, you have black heart with some green demon-like froggy people. Then you have Romina Jr.'s version of Mephisto, which is this really almost... If you've ever read Spawn, it's like a pre-Malabolgia character, almost. Um, and he's got like a sea of demons coming out of his mouth and stuff. And then, moving to the main part of the cover, we have Wolverine and Ghost Rider. Wolverine slashing through the froggy demons and Ghost Rider spinning his chains and yelling. And John Romita really like gives the skull like a wide gape with the jaw. And then if you fold out the other way on the far right, you have Punisher uh, with some froggy guys trying to climb over him and he's shooting his gun. And his gun, his bullet spray goes all the way across all four covers to hit Blackheart in the chest. Um, kind of gimmicky maybe to have the, the quadruple cover, but it's a cool cover. Uh, John Romita Jr., you know, his, right away from this cover, you can kind of see the bridge between his 80s style and his 90s style, which is similar to the 80s style, but a little rougher and a little blockier. Uh, by the time he gets, because he'll draw Punisher again in Punisher Warzone, and then after that he'll also move on to Uncanny X-Men, or return to Uncanny X-Men. He, he had done it in the 80s as well. Um really good run in the 80s, by the way. Uh, as if you need me to tell you that. Um, but by that point, he had gotten really blocky. Um, look particularly at, like, Punisher Warzone, the cover, I think it's number 2 or 3, and Uncanny 300. And everybody's really square and broad. And, you know, quite in contrast to some of his leaner character work in the 80s. You can definitely see the similarities. But anyway, this book and the cover really spell, like highlights it. It's kind of the transition. Like his artists get a little bit sketchy and roughier. Sorry. Sketchier and rougher. And it's also getting a hair blockier. Like you look at how square like Ghost Rider's jaw is. And how square the opening of the mouth is. And you look at the Punisher. And man, this Punisher is... The Punisher is going to show up in Warzone, uh, you know, a little bit later. Uh, very big, beefy Punisher. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a bridge in his style. Um, so I've been surprised with how much I've been enjoying the uh, the '90s Ghost Rider reread I've been doing. I would not put it up like in my favorite books, but it's a lot better than I thought it was when I was little. Um, so anyway, we start off in this town, Christ Crown. 
And I meant to look this up and I forgot. I'm pretty sure this is the same city, the Midwestern city that Matt Murdock got lost in right before he met Blackheart. So I think this all ties together. And so we have like these people in robes and they're making a blood sacrifice to draw Blackheart back. And he comes, but he's bored with them, so he spites them or smites them. Smites them out of spite. And he's like, I'm Blackheart, and you think I need a blood offering? I'm not like my dad, Mephisto. I want to be different. But I kind of have to be like him, I guess, if I want to get his attention, because I want to try to assassinate him. And then he, yeah, he turns them all into skeletons as they scream and yell. Um, and he picks up a skull, a skull, has a conversation with it, and says, you know what? If I have to sink to his level to kill him and have my own reign of hell and try to take over humanity and souls and that's what I'm going to do. So then we move over to Danny Ketch on a motorcycle with a really cool reflection of the open highway in his sunglasses lenses. It looks really nice. It's really cool. And of course he's got his 90s, early 90s stubble and his long hair. It looks a little bit like a renegade. Uh, not as much as Nomad. The 90s Nomad is going to look like renegade. But still a little bit. Anyway, he's riding through this Midwestern town in Christ's Crown uh, because he got a note asking him to meet an old friend there, is what we find out here. It's going to be a little bit different when we get into it. But he comes to this boarding house uh, run by Flo Crumb, which I could not help but notice was not quite Fulcrum. <laughs> but anyway, uh, she's running this uh, boarding house. She has a daughter, Angel, who's this really sweet girl. She accidentally hits Danny with a bouncy ball. Um, like a big one, like a dodgeball kind of thing. And she apologizes. He's like, oh, that's cool. She gives him a big hug. It says, oh, you're going to like our other two uh, boarders that are here this week. Um, Mr. Logan and Mr. Frank. And so um, Flo takes Danny into the house, the boarding house, and says, hey, why don't you go clean up? We'll have dinner here in, in a little bit. They go to dinner, and at the table are Logan and Frank Castle with a tiny little pencil mustache. It's quite hilarious. Um, so they all sit down, and Tandy Ketch has this, this feeling that he's met them before. Of course, he has. Uh, he had a crossover with Punisher in uh, his own book and Punisher War Journal, and then also um, had that Marvel Comics present story with Wolverine. So, you know... One thing I'll say about 90s Ghost Rider, man, when he first came on the scene, he really made the rounds. Um, you know, had had his own book, which was not overly guested up. Um, but man, he was in everybody else's book, like everybody, like all over the place. Um, you know, just saying, hey, there's a new Ghost Rider. Come read my book, please. Um, <laughs> here I am. Um, yeah, but so anyway, they have dinner and... We find out that, you know, Frank and Logan are here to hunt in the area because there's some really good hunting. Catch is like, I don't hunt. And Angel's are like, oh, that's good. I like you. Hunting's mean. And I was like, yeah, there you go, girl. You go, girl. Um, and she even has a, a interesting thought. She's like, you know, I wish that Mr. Logan and Mr. Frank would, they can still hunt the animals or just take pictures of them instead of shooting them. That's kind of the same thing, right? Which is funny because if you remember your Wolverine history he doesn't hunt animals to hunt like he just tags them right like he's working on his tracking skills and he sneaks up on them and he's kind of like poke <laughs> uh, Frank may have a different philosophy is with his uh, being a little bit of a gun nut I'm sure he also likes to hunt hunt I'm sure as well um, anyway up in the rooms uh, Danny is looking at his note it's from Sincerely BH hmm Blackheart maybe but it says, the secrets of the Ghost Rider can be yours. Come to Christ's crown, and all will be revealed. Trust me, and learn the secrets of the soul crystal. And they act like that's been a part of the story in Ghost Rider. I'm trying to remember. They reference a nightmare story. I sound as vaguely familiar. Um, but he's like, yeah, well, I guess, you know, I'll find out what's going on. Even if it's a trap, I gotta, I gotta pursue it. Now, the Punisher is also in his room with no shirt, and he, uh, he's cleaning his guns, and he got a similar note, but this note said 
that they knew where one of the killers of his family was holed up and would tell him when he got here. Now, he knows for a fact that the note is a lie, because he has seen to the deaths of all the people that killed his family. But, he is worried because whoever gave him the note obviously knows his past, knew how to find him, and so he wants to know who it is and get some answers. Even though he doesn't believe the contents of the note, you know, he wants to do his due diligence for himself. And then we get a knock at the door, and Frank, of course, gets his gun ready, because it's probably a bad guy. But we get a snicked, and a single claw stabs through the door with a guess who, which I thought was really funny. If I was doing flashback snicks of the year, this one might be the one. <laughs> it was great. Um, and so... Punch is like, oh, I thought that was you. I mean, come on, Wolverine's a, doesn't. If you know Wolverine, he doesn't really hide well. But he's like, but how'd you know it was me? <laughs> he's like, oh, come on, that little tiny little fake mustache. You thought that was gonna fool anybody? It's a terrible disguise. <clears throat> Almost as bad as an eye patch. <clears throat> doesn't say that, but should have. <laughs> anyway, I like that little little joke. Um. And so they share notes. Uh, Wolverine got a similar note saying, if you want to know about your past and where your claws and adamantium came from, you know, come here and I'll tell you. So they decide definitely a trap. Uh, Wolverine doesn't care about his past, he says. Um, and Punisher knows it's not true. They decide, you know what, maybe we should stalk around. Let's, let's get in our, uh, our business dress, stalk around town, see what we can find, and, and report back to each other. By the way, really love Romina's Logan with the hair and, and the face and the sideburns and the stubble. It looks looks really, really nice. Um, oddly, Punisher is clean-shaven in this story. No stubble. Um, so Catch is laying in his bed wondering what he wants to do when Blackheart shows up. Punisher is getting in his skull uniform when Blackheart shows up. Wolverine is getting in his Wolverine uh, orange and brown when Blackheart shows up smelling like death and we get a double snicked as the top three quarters of a page Wolverine lunges at the camera at the point of view it's a really nice panel kind of lunges into the black and it, it looks really nice um, so Blackheart is here to tempt them to try to get them to go over the edge they're a different kind of hero they, they walk the line and he wants to push them over the line and use their souls to help defeat Mephisto so he can take over the underworld and kill his dad. Um, you know, and kind of a commentary in the in the text about, you know, being an anti-hero that, you know, they, they serve justice, but they also serve vengeance and, you know, they're willing to cross the line to achieve their objective, um, not afraid to kill some people, um... I would say, story-wise, yeah. The Ghost Rider has been much more reluctant with death than uh, Wolverine and Punisher have been. Um, though, if we're talking about on-page kills, Punisher's count is way higher than Wolverine's. Um, Wolverine has a lot of inferred kills. Um, anyway, that's that. But of course, they all just attack him. Um, Punisher shoots a Blackheart. Wolverine tries to stab him. And he's like, oh, come on, guys. What do you say? Let's let's team up. You know, join me and bring down Mephisto, the greatest devil this world has ever known. It's a win-win. You get what I said, what I promised in the note. Actually, he changes it a little bit because I guess he realizes Frank doesn't believe him. So he says, no, I'm not going to show you the killer. I'll, I'll give you your family back. All right, you can have them back. Just join me. Give me your soul and they're yours. Um... Danny, you can learn all about the Ghost Rider, what it is. Wolverine, you can learn all about Weapon X and what it was. Um, but they all say no. And he's like, what? What do you mean no? That's, that's impossible. And so he disappears, but he promises that he will find a way to change their mind. And then we hear, no, mommy, no. And all three heroes turn their head at once and go, Lucy? And they're concerned about the daughter. There's a really awesome scene of, of Punisher and Danny Ketch running down the stairs. And Wolverine in full costume sliding down the banister on his feet. 
like like riding like a skateboard. It's awesome with his claws out too. It's it's really great. Um, turns out the kid is not actually in danger yet, but her mom is leaving the house in a trance, and the daughter has some kind of insight. It's like no no no, he'll hurt you. He'll make you do bad things. Please, mommy, don't go. But she's not listening. Mr. Frank, Mr. Logan, you have to help my mommy, the Batman. But they see the entire town is walking out to this, like, clearing in this field in this trance. And so, except for angels, he's the only soul not affected by Blackheart. And so Wolverine says, we're going to help you. Just stay here. We're going to help. Okay? We'll, we'll go save everybody. And as they do, Danny goes to get his bike, but it's gone. But then he hears Angel scream, and now Blackheart has her as well. Not under her, his control, but he's like taking her hostage. And so our heroes are trying to get through the crowd, but they can't. There's too many people. And Blackheart also has the motorcycle. And he says, give them another temptation. That's fine. You don't want to join me? Come defeat me. All you have to do is slice dice slash shoot your way through these people and come get me and knowing that like they'll they'll give away part of their soul in the process anyway right um and you know if that's not enough here's lucy who i'm going to kill if you don't hurry up and of course she yells her mommy logan throws his claws in the air with a big snicked um punisher tries to shoot at him and blackheart just kind of laughs it off then he puts Lucy on the motorcycle and drives away. And he cuts her arm and lets it drip on Danny's face, which is kind of gross. Um, yeah, and so as he drives off on the motorcycle, Punisher goes to his van. Wolverine hops in, gets a ride. Does not say get the wolf van ready, which I was very disappointed in. Also does not surf on top of the van, which I was also very disappointed in. <laughs> a little Teen Wolf reference for you there. Um, so Danny's trying to figure out, like, the secret of the Ghost Rider, and he, Blackheart says something about, you know, it's, there's a demon in you. You want to devour souls. Uh, made a reference to Zarathos, which, of course, was the demon that Johnny Blaze had to deal with, and Danny has, hasn't figured out if it's the same for him or not. But anyway, he, uh, he doesn't have his motorcycle, but he sees, like, a little motorcycle shop, and he throws a trash can through the window, and he hops on, and he looks on his hand, and he has the logo from his uh, gas cap, which, in his story, in his series, when he first got the bike, uh, it started glowing from the gas cap with the, like this little emblem on it. And when he touched it, that's when he first turned into Ghost Rider the first time. Now, he touched it with the palm of his hand, so it makes sense that maybe it like burned his way into it, or whatever, but right now he's on this bike, and both his palms have this emblem. And he starts transforming into Ghost Rider without his bike, which is the first time I think he's done this. And he's like, no, if I don't need the bike, if I can do any bike, what does it mean about me? And it's a pretty gross, like, transformation. It's like his skin melts off to his bones. Um, though, if you've been reading the Ghost Rider series, Mark Teixeira does some pretty gruesome back-and-forth transformations with Ghost Rider and Danny. Um pretty awesome but they're pretty pretty gross um anyway we get a then we get a full page double double splash page of ghost rider on a new bike and he's got his chains and his uniform and he's riding off to get blackheart to end the suffering um meanwhile logan's had time to to light a cigarette in the van um so i if you listen to the 2019 wolfie award show the Snick of the Year went to uh, the Land of the Giants, uh, War of the Realms, in one shot. Where Wolverine is like, they're going through all these Asgardian weapons, and Captain America's like, which one do you want? And he's like, no, I'm good, I got mine. So here they get out of the van, and Punisher's like pulling out guns, and he's like, alright, well, I got all these weapons, I'm really well stocked, why don't you just grab one? And he goes, thanks, but I carry my own Snick. Now, this one is nicer because it's bigger. Like, it's a big old panel at the bottom with the snick. This, this, like, zoomed in on his hand. And Punisher's in the background, like, holding out a gun. Like, oh, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> that was really great, really great snick. Anyway, they start running towards this field, but they get, like, this massive, like, thorn, like, thicket gets between them and Blackheart. And they're trying to run through it. And they actually have a really nice conversation. Um, Because Wolverine's like, all right, I just want to clarify 
what we're doing and why we're doing it. And they're both like, for the kid. And Wolverine's like, yeah, I don't like seeing kids get hurt. And they both agree. Like, that's, you know, they don't like seeing kids get hurt. Which has been really nice, because obviously Punisher lost his kids. And Wolverine, you know, we've had a couple of stories kind of in a row that have dealt with, like, pretty bad kid stuff. And that really kind of gets under his skin and, like, bothers him. And so it's cool that we kind of see that, that through line that, you know, crimes against children really puts you on Wolverine's bad side. Um, he's like, all right, well, you know, we may, this is going to get bloody. And Punisher's like, I know, I've seen it before. And Wolverine's like, yeah, but it might be our blood, too. He's like, I've had my share of that, too. <laughs> Wolverine says, welcome to the club, bub. Um, and they're trying to, like, having a hard time, even with Wolverine's claws, like, the thorns are so thick, they're having a hard time, like, getting through it. But then Ghost Rider, on his new bike, like, zooms through, Black Heart, he yells, as he burns a path through the thorns, and Wolverine and Punisher are like, Okay, perfect. We'll just follow this path here. And they get to Blackheart, and he gives them one last chance. Offers Punisher his family. Uh, makes Wolverine fight a ghost of his adamantium skeleton. Says so she can figure out what where this came from. But Wolverine just cuts it up and says, I don't need to know. It's in the past. And then he says, Zarathos, you can have your former glory. And Ghost Rider's like, I don't know if that's me or not. Then we get a really cool panel where he says, What's your answer? And Punisher raises his gun. Wolverine pops his claws with a snick. And Ghost Rider yells. And they all move in for the attack. And that's where Blackheart pulls these demons out of hell. So he's basically at this thicket. This is like a, a gate to hell. Or to, to Mephisto's world. And so he pulls these demons out through the gate. And they're going to attack our heroes and also... Steal away Angel, the the little girl. And this, of course, makes our heroes pretty mad. Um, Ghost Rider's going to follow, and he does. He follows Blackheart and the demons with the girl into the pits of hell. Kills the demons that have the girl. And is about to free her, but Blackheart comes back. He circles back for an attack. Ghost Rider takes off his gloves with his flaming bone knuckles and just starts punching the hell, literally, out of Blackheart. He doesn't try to give him a pendant stare. He just punches him. Punches through him with his hellfire. Um, it's pretty awesome. He's like, you cannot defeat me. You must not be Zarathos. Um, he was a rival to my dad. You're just a whiny little soul. <laughs> and so he reaches for... He knocks Ghost Rider down. He reaches for the girl. And then we get a schwick and his arm falls off. And Wolverine just cut it off in a really cool panel. They've also followed him into hell. So Punisher shoots him. And he's like, you can't destroy me. He says, fine, but we won't give up. And Punisher shoots some more. Shoots a grenade at him. Blows him up. He's in a bunch of little pieces. They get the girl. They're about to go. But um, Blackheart starts to re reincorporate. Punisher kicks his head away <laughs> to delay it just a second. And Ghost Rider's like, you guys go. Take her back to Earth. Keep her safe. I'll stay here and make sure Blackheart doesn't do any more harm. Then we get big, giant, fat Mephisto with little demons for pubic hairs. Weird. Um, with a snake tongue and all that stuff. And he says, well done, son. You you challenged these heroes to go over the edge. But it was you that went over the edge and came over to my side. And I'm really proud of you now for really be having a black heart like your name implies and he says I need to give you some TLC and that his version of that is to eat him and consume him then he sends Ghost Rider back to Earth but says we will meet again soon and unravel your mysteries because you're not who I thought you were um yes and they go back to the hilltop where it all started where Blackheart was originally summoned and everyone's safe and they reunite the daughter with her mother and then there's a blood, bloody rose that comes out of the ground um, from where Blackheart was, where the gate was closed. And at one point, yeah, I remember now, in the Daredevil story, someone, like, picked a rose and it opened up like hell. And so I get, this is an old, I think, Irish proverb where a guy picks a flower and opens up like a treasure, like mountain. Well, this one, you know, you don't, don't pick it because it it's not a treasure mountain. Um... So the only part I really didn't like this time around was here at the end, 
uh, I guess Howard Mackey's like thesis of the book is like, you know what? Maybe there's an edge, maybe there's not. It doesn't really matter if there's an edge or if we cross it. As long as the innocent are protected, our cause is just. And I think, you know, it does matter <laughs> for heroes. Um, yeah, definitely protect the innocent. Definitely avenge when necessary. But there are edges that you at least want to be conscious of. Even if, you know, there's there's always debates, right? Do real heroes kill? Which heroes kill? You know, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. Um, you know, is, is allowing someone to die the same as death. And I don't want to get into all that. Even if you would say, okay, whatever, wherever on the spectrum you are, even if a hero can kill, it should never be like, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, that should always be thought of with a very heavy heart as a last resort. Um, and Ghost Rider's kind of the end here is like, oh, you know, whatever. If we cross the line, as long as the ends justify the means, or the means justify the ends, sorry, I said the backwards, then who cares? And that part I wasn't super proud of. Um, Alright, so the art. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, liked it quite a bit. Good action. Uh, good just kind of design work. Um, it worked really good. The story I thought was pretty good. I mean, Blackheart wants to assassinate his dad but ends up kind of playing right into Mephisto's hands and kind of losing his own I mean I don't know if he had like a, a, a soul other than his black heart but when he lost whatever nobility or, or difference from his father he might have had and basically like got consumed back into his father in a way maybe I guess that's how we're supposed to interpret kind of the symbolism of what happened there at the end um, our heroes are, are tempted with their darkest deepest desires and are able to put the lives of this town and especially of the little innocent girl ahead of their own desires. You know, whether you know Wolverine really doesn't care or not, Punisher would definitely have cared, but he put this the fate of the living over the possibility of the fate of his already dead family, um, which I thought was a pretty strong indication of the dedication to his mission. Um, and then Ghost Rider, obviously, you know, very much trying to protect the innocents in the story. So all, you know, overriding or, or, you know, kind of missing their own temptation so that they can save somebody else, which I thought was really, really cool for this, you know, the idea of these anti-heroes who aren't maybe necessarily heroes in the, in the traditional sense, but when it came down to it, they all made a pretty big sacrifice to protect the innocent. And there's definitely a nobility in that, in all three of them. Um, you know, awkward last line aside, the character they all showed was really nice and interesting. Um, you know, I thought the, the the banter between, like, Wolverine and Punisher was nice. And then Ghost Rider kind of being like the new kid on the block and not really even fitting in, like, when he talks to it. Like, there's not as much peer-to-peer -peer conversation between the other two heroes as like Wolverine and Punisher have together. And I thought that was interesting and maybe not an obvious choice. So I, I kind of like the subtlety of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Other than, you know, further solidifying that Wolverine doesn't know how he got the adamantium and the claws. Um, you know, spelling that out a little more so already. Um don't really add like a lot to his story necessarily um but it was a it was a nice little story you know i'm gonna give this heart of darkness uh right in between a four and a five i think i'm gonna go a light five out of six claws which is way like if you had asked me before i reread this oh, what do you think of hearts of darkness i would have said oh i think it was probably a two so to make that jump is pretty amazing and you know, some of it is changing taste, right? My tastes have changed a lot since I was 13. Some of it is also, I think, context. I will say, I, I'm not going to deny the fact that, that reading and really enjoying Blackheart's first story made him a more enjoyable character this time. 
he did still feel his motivation, didn't feel as strong as the one Nocenti gave him. He's more just kind of a, I don't know, almost like just a Faustian, like, hey, give me what I want, and I'll give you what you want, you know, deal with the devil. Like, there's not a whole lot more depth to him than that. Until maybe the end, where Mephisto comes back and, like, reclaims him. Um, and you see that he really kind of got tricked into betraying his own desires and own temptations. Like, like by tempting the heroes and stooping to Mephisto's level, he gave in to the temptation to be what Mephisto wanted him to be. I thought that was a really nice turn in the story. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm comfortable with definitely giving this a... A low to mid, but a definite 5 out of 6 clause for me. Um, so it'll be interesting to hear what you guys think about it. So, you know, let me know. Um, love, to, love to talk about it. So, anyway, that, I guess that's it. Um, so, as always, for the podcast that goes snicked, um, Twitter is at snickcast. You can like the Facebook page. Retweets and Facebook shares, particularly of episodes, are always appreciated. Um, and that's really been having a lot, a lot of good reaction on that lately. So very, very much appreciate that. Thank you to everyone who's who's been doing that actively lately. It really brings a smile to my face. And you know, I'm closing in on 400 episodes, and there are times I'm like, man, that's a long time to do the same podcast. And there are times that sometimes I think, sometimes I think, hey, I'd rather do a different kind of podcast. <laughs> I'm not tired of podcasting, and I'm not really even tired of doing Wolverine, but there is a certain, like, not wanting to be trapped. (laughs) But anyway, your support, listeners, assages all of that and just helps me to keep trucking along. And so I really appreciate that. I'm having a lot of fun still with the show. This issue was a lot of fun. Um, You know, we're, we're in 90s busy Wolverine, but haven't really hit like a big 90s doldrum yet i mean not across the board in any any fashion so that's exciting but anyway um yeah that's gonna do it so until next time hugs and snicks everybody bye bye and snacked